Hey babe, I'm gonna get started. Welcome everyone. My name is Josh Calton. I'm coming. This here is my beautiful wife Danielle. Hello. Wait, where's your dress? We're doing Saturday Night Live themed. No, we're not. Yes, we are. We, we never agreed on, agreed on that. Then why? Why am I in a suit? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm doing Saturday Night Live themed. I'm not. Hi everybody, welcome to Element City Church at Home. We're so happy that you're joining us tonight via this platform. We miss you all so much. I can't wait till we're all back together in our church home, hugging and shaking hands. Um, one day this will all be behind us and we'll be back to that. But until then, I'm just so thankful that you're joining us here um, via this platform. So if you were here last week for Easter Sunday, you saw that awesome opener of what a beautiful name it is. So good. Yeah, and if you would like to rewatch it or even share it or watch it for the first time, you can see that on the Elements City Church Facebook page. It was awesome, so I would highly recommend you go look at that. And if you're new tonight, we'd like to just thank you for joining us. We know it takes courage to come to a new place, even if it is virtually. So we'd like to invite you to fill out our connection card. You can do so either on our app. Yes, we have an app. Um, it's Element City Church. And um, you can, or you can do that on the comments, which will be dropped right about now. Um, additionally, if you go on our website on the front page, you'll see two buttons. The first one says, I need help. The second one says, I can help. These are just in response to the COVID outbreak and everything that's going on. We want to do our part as a church. Um, so if you need help, you can fill out a form there. If you want to help, you can fill out a form there. And we're pairing the people who need help with the people who want to help. So we invite you to do that as well. Um, lastly, if you partner with us, we just want to say thank you so much. It takes real money to do real ministry. And um, so if you'd like to partner with us, you can do so either online or on the app, like I mentioned before. Um, yeah, we'd invite you to do that. So tonight we are going to do communi communion together. So if you would take the time now to grab some bread, juice, water, wine, whatever you would like, bring it over to the table with you guys so you're ready when that time comes. Jack will guide us through that at the end of the message tonight. So every week we've been selecting a church to pray over and this week that church is Grace Fellowship Church. So Josh is going to lead us in prayer over that church and then over us as well tonight. Yeah, so let's play, pray. Father God, I lift up Grace Fellowship Church and Element City Church tonight, Lord. I pray your blessing upon each of them um, in this uncertain time, Lord. Would you just put your hand on them? Would you uh, strengthen them and encourage them? Would you strengthen their leaders and encourage their leaders to continue the work that they're doing here in this city, God? Would you keep their members safe and healthy, God? Um, would you just remind us that the church is not a building. The church is a body of people. And Lord, we have an opportunity to be the church right now in Tucson. And so Lord, I pray that you would just remind us of that, strengthen us in order to be that Lord, and just love others the way that you have called us to love them so that they would know you by the way that we love them. Um, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So that's it for announcements. So happy to be here with you guys in this way. Again, we miss you so much. Um, so don't forget to engage in the comments on Facebook because that's a way we can all feel like we're connecting with each other. What? I'm going to do it. Do what? I'm, I'm going to do it. Don't do it. Don't. don't. I'm going to do it. Don't. Premiering on Facebook Live. It's Sunday night. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Welcome to worship. Here we go. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen. Of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Your presence, Lord 
Father God, we lift you up. No matter where we're at within our homes, Father, we are one in the body of Christ. You have unified us through your son and his blood on the cross. So Father, I ask that you would sustain us, that you would hear our praise, that you would hear our cries, and that you would move in a great way, that your fingertips would rest on our hearts and make us look more like you and that we could take who you are to those who need it most in these times. We thank you for this church. We thank you for all that you're doing. And we look forward to the life that you'll bring to us and to our community, God. We love you. Amen. Hello, friends. Last week, we celebrated Easter together. Uh, just a, a beautiful celebration of the, the reality that Jesus and his resurrection, his sacrifice on the cross changed everything for us. And it wasn't just for the, the, that he really is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way we find life with God. And it's not just a one-time decision that we kind of set it and forget it. But it's this idea of continually staying anchored to him, just endlessly tethering our lives to him, that, that Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life of everyday life, and that we're to continually remain in him. And in fact, we're going to look in John 15 in a minute uh, of a, a lesson that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. And, and before we get there, Jesus comes at it from one angle. I want to give you a different angle. Everyone's at home and you probably have one of these multi-plugs. And the reality is you can plug things into it and make them work. But if you take the multi-plug and you just plug it into itself, well, then it really does nothing. Nothing gets accomplished by it because there's no power in itself. It needs to have an external power source. And so if you take that multi-plug and you find an outlet and you plug it in, well, then things can work. Your phones, your lamps, your computers, because the power source is what's driving power to and producing the power that you need to accomplish something. And Jesus hints at this in a different way as he looks and teaches his disciples in John 15. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John 15. We'll look at that. So in the Gospel of John chapter 15, Jesus is having this conversation. It's, they're on their way to uh, for him giving up his life. It's in the final week of his life. And he maybe is near the Garden of Gethsemane and, and he sees a vineyard and he says, and teaches this important lesson for his disciples then and for his disciples, his followers now. In John 15, here's how it says. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you, so remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. It's this 
incredible statement. He goes on, there's a lot more in this, but he's making this declaration that just like that multi-plug needs power, an external power source in order to provide the power to flow through to produce what's needed. He's saying, I am that true vine and I'm that power source and you need to stay connected to me so that I can produce things in you that will benefit and bless those around you. I am the true vine, Jesus says. Now, we may not understand that at first pass, but the true vine, you have to understand, those who were around Jesus in that day, they would have understood what that meant, that the true vine, the vine was an illustration uh, so often in the Old Testament for the nation of Israel, that it was the vine of God. It was the people of God. It was that uh, example was all throughout their liturgy. It was actually even in the temple, the very temple that was so much the the whole crux of the nation of Israel, the, the kind of the central point for them had this 90 foot structure of solid gold of a vine that was reflective of, of this um, the, the symbol of the nation and the beauty of it and the vitality of it. And, and the vine was one of the most common illustrations used in the Old Testament for the nation of Israel. Like Psalm 80 says this, you brought a vine out of Egypt. Remember the, the Exodus journey that, God, you brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and it filled the land. The mountains were covered in the shade. The mighty cedars with its branches, its branches reaches to the sea and it shoots out into the river, Psalm 80. And yet, here we have God's people being described as this massive vine planted by the Lord himself. And the whole purpose was for their redemption, that they would bear fruit and it would be for God's pleasure. But if you know anything about the Old Testament, it didn't really play out that way. And there was this struggle and this um, way that the nation of Israel would constantly turn away from the Lord. And so much so that Jeremiah records these words, Jeremiah 2, 21 God's speaking to the nation again, but I was the one who planted you, choosing a vine of purest stock, the very best. How did you grow into such a corrupt and wild vine? The prophet Jeremiah says to the people. See, by and large, the Lord didn't find the fruit he was looking for in the nation of Israel. So when Jesus says, I am the true vine, well, that's shocking and that is bold. And it's a declaration of what he came to do. He's saying that he is the faithful, true Israel. That where the people of Israel failed to produce the fruit that God was looking for, Jesus will succeed in doing so. Where the people of Israel fell short of God's righteous requirements, Jesus succeeded. Through Israel, though, they bungled their mission that they were supposed to be a blessing to all the nations on earth. Jesus would get the job done. So Jesus wanted his followers then, and he wants his followers here in our day to hear, you must remain in me. I'm the true vine. See, you're not the vine and neither am I, we're branches. That's what Jesus describes, that you're not the vine, you're branches. And really, there's only two kinds of branches. There's either fruitful ones or there's unfruitful ones, which begs the question, which one are you? Which one am I? That the passage is telling us there's only one difference between those two kinds of branches. Fruitful branches, well, they remain in the vine. They stay Connected. Verse 5 and 6, whoever abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does is not able to abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire, and they are burned. So the secret of a fruitful branch is they abide in Jesus. So what does that mean? Abide logistically, kind of, if you unpack it in the Greek, literally means to remain, to stay put, to linger in that one place, to dwell, meaning that you are connected. The most important thing for a branch to do is to stay connected to the vine. Only a branch receives the life-giving sap um, from that vine, and that will live, and it will produce fruit. You can cut off a branch, and it may even have a little bit of growth at a time, but it won't have the fruit that it needs to produce. And the struggle for most of us is we like to be the vine. <laughs> we like to be our own power source. We like to have our own control. And Jesus says, no, whoever abides in me, well, they're going to bear much fruit. But the converse is true. If you don't abide in me, you can do nothing apart from me. 
well, do nothing apart from you? That that seems, if we're honest, so, so un-American, doesn't it? That I can do nothing? I mean, surely I can have a career, I can grow a family, and that, I can make money, I, I can climb mountains, I can accomplish uh, great achievements, I can put a man on the moon, we could do all these kind of things, and with great capacity and effort, and they can even go pretty well. And we continually can operate independently of Jesus, and we might look pretty good at times. But the reality is we won't produce the fruit that God desires, that he's designed and redeemed us to do, to have a production of fruit that makes a difference in the world. We may think that we are all that and that we can do it on our own, but we only need to encounter a a world-shaking moment to realize we don't have as much control as we think we do. Present day moment here. See, the truth is we are incapable of pleasing God until we are utterly and continually dependent upon Jesus, that we're linked with him, we're partnered up with him, we're reliant upon him. We are in him and with him, and in him and with him we can do great things, and he can do great things in us and through us. Jesus says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. The Greek word for to abide or to remain is is spoken as a command here in this passage. This isn't just something that's passive. This is a command that we are to be a part of. This command is to abide. It's not fulfilled in one single act or one single moment. It's this ongoing decision-making that we will make a moment-to-moment decision to follow Christ, to remain in him. It's not a passive thing. It's actually a participatory thing that we're invited in relationally to be with Jesus, to remain with him, to stay anchored and tethered to him. And as we do, that he's going to be doing a changing work in us and beginning to do a work through us. We must resist the natural pull that in our world to lean towards self-reliance, to kind of go our own way and make our own decisions, to be independent to the core and to depend on no one else but ourselves. That's so much the culture and the current of our culture. And yet we must push back against that. That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples then and to his disciples now. That that won't take us. If we try to go our own, it won't take us to, to, to end up being where God desires us to be or even producing the kind of life that God dreams and desires us to produce. The Apostle Paul gets at this. He, he takes this language that Jesus uses here in John 15, the vine, the branches, this fruitful life, and he speaks about it in, to the church in Galatia, Galatians chapter 5, toward the end of chapter 5. Here's what he says, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Meaning, you're, you're not your own pioneer. You let the Holy Spirit guide your life. And then he has a few verses here, the tension that exists for each one of us, that the Holy Spirit wants to to guide and and grow us and lead us in ways. And yet we have this selfish, sinful desire within us and our own flesh that wants to have things this way. And there will constantly be this spiritual tug of war within us, this side of heaven. But we want to surrender more and more, to remain in Christ, anchored to him and allowing the spirit to lead us in ways. And as we do, we will produce things because God will be producing something in us. Here's what he says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life, that your lives will be overflowing with love and joy and peace, patience, kindness and goodness and gentleness, faithfulness and self-control, which begs the question, Are these fruits of the Spirit being produced within you more and more as the weeks and months go by? Meaning, are they more prevalent in your life now than they were even two years ago? That's an honest question for us to ask ourselves, that as we remain in Jesus, we're plugged into him, connected to him, tethered to him, that he is the vine, we are the branches, and we don't try to get that confused. Not because we're not trying to to be loving, we allow him to produce the loving within us. We can all do a loving act here or there. And it's kind of like duct taping a fruit to a tree. Remember the the art project that sold for some ridiculous amount of money, a a duct tape banana to a blank canvas? Well, 
that's not a fruit canvas. It's just a piece of fruit that's duct taped up there. We can be gentle and kind and loving at certain moments, but to have that continually flow from a reservoir of who we actually are and how we live on a moment to moment basis, well, that only comes from having Jesus being the one that's doing a transforming, changing work within us. We must anchor ourselves to him. It is about trying to be a pioneer out on your own. We are to remain in him. That's what Jesus is driving home. I love uh, this quote from Andy, uh, Andy Murray. He says this, The essential idea of fruit is that it is silent, natural, restful produce of an inner life. That as we remain connected and tethered to Jesus, that he is doing a remaking, a retransforming work within us, that we just naturally begin to produce this God kind of life, this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, just becomes more and more the rhythm of who we are and how we live, not because we're forcing ourselves to do it, but because we're doing the work of a branch, remaining in the vine of one connected to the power source that's greater than me that, that actually allows power to flow through me, to begin to change me, to be more and more. So how do we grow? How do we strengthen that connection and remain with Jesus? A couple thoughts to think about, especially in this time, this season of that we're navigating through. One is just prayer habits, that we just continue to be people who anchor ourselves to prayer and that we make it more a habit and a rhythm of our life that uh, this summer we're going to be doing a series on prayer. But uh, David's done lots of videos about prayer practices and how do we begin to practice more and more and make that a rhythm of our life that reading and studying the scriptures is vital, important, that remaining in Jesus is, is just knowing him and being with him and having his word that's alive and active speak into our life. It's connecting with others that even as we social distance, we don't social disconnect. We connect to people who are working on remaining with Christ and staying anchored to him and that through small groups or maybe through mentoring or through coaches that are speaking into our life that are helping coach us along in our spiritual journey or maybe as one who is further along that you turn and coach and encourage and mentor someone else who's growing in their faith, that uh, evangelism, that being able to share our story and share God's story and, and who Jesus is and what he did and what everything we celebrated Easter and the change that he's doing in my life, that I would be open to share that more and more with family and friends and people that I'm connected to that worship. Man, I'm having so much fun and just, I'm calling prayer walks in the morning. It's just crank the worship and it's, there's nothing like it resetting my mind as we navigate an incredible crisis and in such a strange time to have God's words and his heart and his character through worship and to be able to worship along with that and to have that be training my mind. You know, Romans chapter 12, Paul writes, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that having your mind reset, that it's not about what I try to figure out, but it's what Jesus accomplished, and I want to stay stuck with him. It's other spiritual habits like fasting or reading or solitude or silence, serving others or growing our generosity, that we might reflect the generous heart of God more and more. And maybe another big thing, Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. If you ever had a garden, if you've ever taken care of your yard or anything like that, the gardener has to prune at times. And that pruning process can be hurtful, can be a stress, can be a struggle. Um, but sometimes that needs to happen. It's The pruning process is never easy. But friends, it is always for our good. It's always for our good. I'm reminded of the simple prayer. Maybe you could lean into this prayer this week. Psalm 139, the very last two verses, 24 and 25, it's such a great prayer to pray, kind of this pruning process. God, I want to practice some of these habits, and I want to remain that branch that's connected to the vine, Jesus. But I also want to invite God the Father to do a pruning process in me, that maybe there's some things that the Holy Spirit's going to show me as I keep in step with him, that, hey, these things have got to go, or this has got to adjust, or you got to change this, or I want to transform this to help you become more and more and to produce more and more the kind of fruit 
I dream for you to have and the impact it can have. Here's the prayer, Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Part of growing as a branch and and remaining in Jesus is just being open and staying open to the pruning process of God the Father, that he might prune some things so that he can do a transforming work in you and thus through you to bless other people as we remain in Jesus, connected to him. Friends, I wish that for you. I pray that for you. Pray that for all of us, that we would get better at remaining in him. He's the power source. He's the one we're to stay connected to. And as we grow in that, as we stay connected to him, he will do a transforming, growing work within us. And so let's pray to that end. Father, we want to remain in you. It's so easy in our culture to want to take things on our own, try to produce on our own, to try to accomplish or achieve. But you've called us to rest, and not just to set it and forget it type thing, but an active participatory partnership with you to keep in step with your spirit, Paul says. We want to get better at that. We want to to thank you that you are a God who not who promised that you are the true vine and you accomplished everything. And now you invite us to live connected to you, to walk with you, and you will accomplish more in us and through us to bless others. Holy Spirit, would you help us to keep you as our guide, to not try to go it on our own, to help us to tether to you and to show, uh, and show us maybe a spiritual habit or discipline that maybe as we talk through that, that, one that we'd like to practice or, or get better at. Would you show us, Holy Spirit, what might that be? And, and how can we take some steps in this season to accomplish that? Father, would you meet us? Would you help us to be a people who always remain in you? We thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done and all of who you are. We praise you. Amen. We wanted to take a moment um, in the service to, to take communion together. It's another opportunity and practice that Jesus said, hey, do this in remembrance of me. It's part of, I think, anchoring, a reminder to us to, to not go on our own, but to, to stay anchored to him. And so uh, hopefully you have some communion elements or something that fits with that, crackers or juice or some kind of drink. And as we reflect back and as we think on Jesus, take a moment just to to think about him and that he is that true vine. He's the one that paved the way for us to have life with God today and every day and on into eternity. Jesus, we remember you. We remember that you are the one who accomplished everything. And what you've called us to do is not just go accomplish more, but to partner with you, to remain with you, and that you will lead us to do more and to do that with you. And so we reflect back to the words of the Apostle Paul, as he said in 1 Corinthians 11, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On that night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper and he said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, his sacrifice. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and drink. Would you pray with me? Others, we set our hearts to worship again. We begin in a calm and reflective tone of Jesus anchoring ourselves again in this moment, choosing to remain in you. That this practice of communion, this exercise you've given us to remember your body given and your blood shed is to continually to call us back to, it's not about what we do, it's about what you've done 
and now you're free to walk life with you and you will accomplish even more. And so we again want to anchor our lives to you, remain in you. Would you help us this week? Would you show us, maybe even in the next worship song or two, that God, would you refresh our hearts on how we can get better at remaining in you and the joy that we find as we walk with your spirit and let you guide us moving forward. We thank you, Jesus, for all of what you've done. And we praise you and we lift our voices to worship you now. Amen. Nothing else, nothing else. 
How many of us are just going through the motions? Jesus just wants us to sit at his feet. He wants nothing else than us just to praise him and be at his feet. Let's stay connected to the power of the creator that created us to just be and celebrate him, just like it says in John 15. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give this day to you. We give this message to you. We give this worship to you. Lord, we want to just be connected to you. We want to be connected to your power. Lord, and we repent and we confess that you are God. I just want to take a moment to be transparent with you. To give you an update and a challenge. A lot has changed in the last couple weeks. We know many people have been laid off, forced to take furloughs, or are uncertain about the future of their employment. This is hard for so many, and churches are not immune. The ripple effects will be felt for some time. For us, we have a very generous and faithful givers who support the mission of Elements. But in the reality, like many during this season, we are not meeting our monthly goals. We're not panicking. We are, we're trying to be wise. We're trying to avoid a negative impact on our staff and our ministry and the impact that we have. If you're already a partner with, with us financially, thank you so much. My challenge is that you are, if you're able to give $30 extra for three months, so that we can end the year in June at the budget. That would be amazing. That if we could give 30 extra dollars for three months, that would level us off to be our, hit our budget in June. That would be fun, fantastic. If you're not at this time partnering with us, I'd ask you to pray about considering giving a one-time gift that God has put on your heart. 
Your generosity means that it would enable us to keep making a difference in the spiritual lives of our community. We here at Element City Church want to bring the light and the hope of Jesus to the heart of the city. And we want to invite you to that. We want to invite you to our 10-minute party. If you are first time with us or this first time on this, on this live, we'd love to meet you. We have a 10-minute party right after the service, and the connection is right in the comments below. So uh, come join us. We'd love to, love to meet you. Also, um, we'd love you as our church family and people that are a part of our community to send in more pictures of you worshiping and also uh, videos of this time, the blessings that you've had, the wonderful things that your family's doing. We just want to hear the encouragement that comes in what God's having you do when we connect to him. So we'd love you to send that in at info at elementcitychurch.org and so we can start compiling those and so we can show them off to our whole community about what the blessings and the, the amazing things that God is doing in our church at this time. Hope you have a great time uh, the rest of this week and come back and see us next Sunday.